0: Hello and welcome to episode 308 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Lori Calcareta, comics creator and writer of Path of the Pale Writer, now on Kickstarter. This is Matt and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. Lori, thanks so much for coming back on the podcast. We're really excited to catch up and talk things All state, uh Path of the Pale Rider, but normally what we do when we get started is we ask for two things. We ask for an elevator pitch for the book, and we ask for a quick bio about yourself.
1: You got it, and I want to say thank you for having me back on. I love coming on and hanging out with fellow writers and, and talking about the story, so yeah, a lot has happened since I was on here last time, so For everybody listening hello i'm Lori calcaterra um i am a writer creator i started out um (laughs) i started my journey actually choreographing fight scenes for production i'm a lifelong martial artist um i study filipino and indonesian martial arts so mostly weapons so um i actually started in, in production doing that and then um with that production company they asked me to start writing content so i was writing web series And that's kind of when I had my idea for Path of the Pale Writer*. like what would happen if nothing could die and wrote that as a full length movie and then got stuck, had no idea what to do with it. So, um, you know, worked on the script for a while, got it settled, got all the world built and then let some people read it. Uh, My husband read it and he was like, this is a comic book. And I was like, you know what? You're absolutely right. I didn't know why I didn't think (laughs) of that. Um, cause him and I both read a ton of comics We're, you know, Robert Kirkman fans, we read a lot of image and DC, um, it's like East of West saga. Um, what are we reading right now? We're reading twig by Kyle Strom. We love his, uh, his other series called spread nail biter, which is, I could go on and on and on. I love horror. Um, so that is like, kind of the basis for where this comes from. So when I was thinking like, what would happen to the world if nothing could die? Then I started building the world and that's where I came up with how this book works. So here's my little elevator pitch. What would you do upon death if your soul didn't leave your body? You are now trapped in decaying flesh and the world no longer makes sense. Forgetfulness, violence, or indifference set in. People, animals, insects, the death process has been broken for all. Ten years into the apocalypse, most people are just trying to scrape by, but Jude St. Clair is tirelessly searching for the answer to the question, why do the dead no longer die? What will he discover? Government conspiracy, chemical spill, meteor from space, sentient yogurt. Come with Jude on his path through undead bears, famine, riots, and the fall of societies. He tries to survive long enough to uncover the truths, each more unbelievable than the next. You don't want to miss this journey and this extraordinary journey through the wasteland. Can Jude save the world or will he succumb to an eternity of decay?
2: Wow. There's a done. lot to unpack there. I'm excited <laughs> to talk about this book.
1: Right. So there you go. There's me in a nutshell. And there's path of the pale writer. So
2: <laughs> interview done. I get everything. Right? Just kidding. Like,
0: That's come great. Along,
1: Noah, come along. See what yeah. I have on the Kickstarter.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Noah, why don't you go ahead and lead us off with the, yeah. with the first question?
2: Yeah. So what came first, what story element came first when you were putting this together? Because there's a lot going on there. Was it yeah. the concept of death? You know, the soul, not leaving the body. Was it the world? What, or the characters, what, 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 what was first when you started writing this?
1: The first thing was the soul no longer leaving the body upon death. Mm -hmm. And then I began to uh, build the world, um, brainstorm what would happen, how people would react, how government would react, um, how, you know, food would be affected, how housing would be affected, how, basically every aspect of life would be affected by this. How would people think, you know, um, how did, how did it work? Like what happens to a person when they go through that, you know, Um, it's kind of like, you can just go to sleep and wake up on dead and go to work on Monday. And that's like the most terrible thought in the world. It's like, you can die and still go to work, (laughs) (laughs) but it's like, your brain is decaying in your skull. Mm. So you slowly start to lose your humanity. You know, it's like you lose your memory, um, you lose your your connections to your family. Um, you can become stuck in an emotion where you can become just violent all the time. Um, you could become detached. So it's like it doesn't matter to that undead person if they're um, if someone else is alive, even. You know what I mean? So they might like run people over with their car because they're late for something, or they don't. They're just they just don't care. You know what I mean? So there's this this um, it's like it's your mom, it's your sister, your dad, your your neighbor, your best friend. You know, it's that person that's going through this. They don't turn into that cannibalistic, uh, non-thinking zombie. Mm -hmm. Um, These are people. So it's hard to, you know, watch people go through dementia and Alzheimer's. But this is like times 20. You know what I mean? Because their their skin's rotting. You know, it's just it's all bad um it's bad
2: yeah so I'm looking at art from the first issue was the the western aesthetic was that something that was inspired by Kirkman or was that sort of what you guys were like what was that the big influence or was it something where you wanted to tell like a high concept western originally what what, what where was the where did the, that aesthetic come from
1: you know it's interesting question um i grew up watching spaghetti westerns with my dad he's big clint eastwood fan we would sit on the couch together and half the time i wasn't even paying attention you know what i mean but we watched pretty much every dang movie you can think of you know it's like um there's a there's a clint eastwood movie called pale rider you know yeah. what I mean? Um, There's the good, the bad, and the ugly has a special place in my heart. Fistful of Dollars. Uh, I forget the one where he paints the town and he's like a ghost. There's just so many. There's so many. You know That's what That's High mean? Plains Drifter. That's <laughs> like, and all my buddies are like, is this this movie? I'm like, yeah, it's the one where he's wearing that ugly hat and he's hanging <laughs> from the tree, you know? <laughs> so um that kind of spoke to me. And it, it's like this world has basically devolved so far that now we're back to the old west you know what i mean where it's like leather clothing would survive longer and you know the depending on where you are you know there's there's you can run bounties um like you take the law into your own hand um so it's that kind of mentality that i was going for like government is dissolved um societal norms have dissolved and we're back into the wild west where things and just anything goes you know what i mean and also that concept of there's a million ways to die in the west This is kind of the world we live in now it's like any little thing (laughs) and that's what happens in the first book you know what i mean where he stops and he picks up a a glass glass shatters and wakes up an undead bear and it's like ooh, we got major consequences from that little decision so this is the place we are now um so yeah that's kind of where that came from it's just my growing my growing up watching westerns with my dad
0: so we got a lot of like the influences and the and the concept but you know you can only go so far with with influences and concept you know when was the point made or when did you come upon the the character of Jude and and you wanted to center it around around his travels Um and you know the other thing is like you know then we have to care about Jude, and we have to like be invested yes. like how did you you know you know as somebody who writes you know I, I tend to be like oh what happens if, you know, this happens with this? And I'm like, that's really cool. But like, how do I make people care about the characters that are following? So like, it seems like right. you have a very similar process. So I'm, I'm wondering like really cool concept, really cool world building. You have all of these little, um, not little, I don't mean it, but you have all of these things that are affecting the world that you've thought out. But now we need a really cool central right. character to follow along and, and care about. So how did you get to that point?
1: So I started with the end, which is a common thing for me to do. It's like, okay, so um, let me back up. One of the biggest pet peeves of mine, I love zombie movies and tropes. So like Walking Dead, Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, George oh, A. Romero, all of that, right? Um, one thing they never tell you is how did this thing freaking start? What caused this, right? So in my world, that's what we focus on. What caused this and so that's what Jude's journey is that's what I decided is we got one guy who's still in the apocalypse that's looking for the answer and he does find that answer so I will answer that question for you guys is what started all this but I started with the answer and then I went backwards I'm like here we are in the beginning this is what he has to do and then there's specific places um on the map like (laughs) geography wise that he goes to So I based his journey off of what happens and where he is. So a lot of these places that I'm talking about are actual places. Like there's a town he's going to called Santa Claus and it's in Arizona and that's a real place. Um, Am I depicting that place? No, I'm going to take artistic Liberty and make it whatever I want to, because I don't want them to come after me and be like, we're nothing like that, (laughs) Laurie, but, um, but it is a place, you know what I mean? So it makes sense where his journey takes him, because of where the story needs to end up Mm -hmm. so that was kind of part of the western thing too but yeah I struggled with Jude for a while um picking his name but like I had his characteristics for a long time I knew that he needed to have um a certain affinity for like animals and how he would treat women he's a romantic he's um he's nostalgic so of course he's from Before the apocalypse. So he has this longing to pick up things and take them with him if it's intact. So that's why he would do something like stop and pick up that glass. Um, And he still has this belief that he can figure it out and maybe set the world right again. And that's, of course, based off of his journey. But I find writing Judas much easier when he's making the decisions and he's driving, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. where it's like it's a set of things happening to him he's the one that's making the choices and that's when people can really see who he is and feel what he's feeling and uh my artist marco de he does an excellent job of drawing the expression of what judah's going through in the moment remorse fear um determination all of these things you know we feel all of these things ourselves but we can also see them on jude depending on where he's going based off of the the decisions that he's making so that's really you know where i get people drawn in it's like he's not perfect he really is lucky a lot of times to still be alive in this world um but he does have some skills you know what i mean he in order to be here he's seen some things um but he's, he, like, he makes mistakes, he makes bad choices, he's very sarcastic. Like you get to see all of this come out in the story, which is a lot of fun. But Jude's kind of like the, the kick the dog character. It's just like he, he gets kicked and he just gets back and keeps going. That's kind of what he does because he's so determined to find the answer.
0: So, That's really cool. Um, so a couple of things there, um, as far as like story-wise, like knowing where you had to get has gotta be um, sort of a, a comfort because like every time you you do something you you know like I, I have this target here at the end. Yes. Like I, I you know I can make a little side journey here and there, but sort of I have, you know, then I gotta get back on on the line, you know, the the main storyline to, to get me to where I'm gonna go. Um so that's I I wish again that like if with with my writing process I could I could think of the ending sooner. It might be it might be helpful. And the other thing yeah. is um, are you a fan of Stephen King's The Dark Tower? Of course. You can't <laughs> I, see that I, I, in
1: my writing. Go, okay. read, go read that series. Like, yeah, I, it, it seems like
0: the, the Jude and Jude St. Clair and Roland could be, uh, could be yeah. friends, guys that are just sort of with, with yes. Roland, it's a quest for the tower. And I'm guessing with Jude, it's a quest for, for the answer, right?
1: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And he's chasing somebody.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice.
1: So he's looking for this, except my, my, uh, my Roland, my Jude St. Clair, he finds that somebody in issue number two, <laughs> Nice. but it's like, it's completely different than what he's expecting. So he's expecting this person that has these answers. And um, I don't know if you've seen the, the, the four page preview that we posted, but he shows up at the saloon at, um, at this town called Santa Claus. And the first thing that they say to each other is there's a stranger here. So obviously they're not used to new people, mm-hmm. you know? And then the bartender even says to him, he's like, oh, did the bear, did BJ get you? And he's like, who the heck is BJ? He's like, oh, he's the bear that lives on the freeway. You know, people don't get up here very often because, you know, that's the only way up and, and BJ gets on. He's like, you got to have a really important reason for being here. If you're going to go that way. And he's like, yeah, I've been looking for this guy he is Really, you know, substantial information. His name is Dwayne Fink. Have you heard of him? And the bartender's like, he's right over there. Um, and we turns around and there's this drunk (laughs) drinking beer at the table, talking nonsense. And like this whole group of people that are just kind of egging him on, you know, buying him more beer. So he'll say more crazy things. And like, um, one of them says it's, you know, this is bullshit. You're, you know, I smell bullshit in what you're saying. And he like gets upset and like climbs on the table, starts like, ah, we're being judged, and, and, and and um, the gold man, he knows where death is, and blah blah blah, and like spilling his beer on people. He's up on the table, and then like falls off the table, right? Just face plants. And then the sheriff is just like, "This is what happens, you know, when you get all excited." We're gonna take you to the drunk tank. And then there's this one little panel on that last page I give you, where the bartender's like, "Are are you sure this is the guy you're looking for?" And Jude's like, "Yeah." He's like. <laughs> It's <laughs> all depressed. He's like, man, yep, this is the guy. And he's like, the things I have to do to get information. And the bartender's like, eh, what's that? And he's like, never mind. So something is brewing in his head, right? So something's about to happen. But oh my gosh, Dwayne Fink is just a character. So, I mean, the guy's crazy.
2: Where do you come up with these characters and their interactions? Is this stuff that you... Like, is this based on like real interactions you've had with people or do you just sort of let the story and the characters make these interactions happen? I'm just wondering, like, do you have like a list of scenes in your head or what? what how do these how do these come about? They sound so authentic.
1: You know, I don't I can't really explain it's all from my brain. It's not based mm-hmm. off of any real interactions. It's just like, you know, it's the town drunk. It's that trope where it's like it's the crazy guy and he has crazy things to say, but it's like no one ever believes him. Um, and Jude is looking for this guy, so maybe we should, but we don't yeah. know, you know what I mean? So I like planting that seed of doubt where it's like, could he be telling the truth? I don't know. You know, so we'll, we'll leave it up to the viewer to decide whether they trust this guy or not. But, um, ultimately it's up to Jude, whether he listens to him or not. But again, we haven't even gotten that far. Jude, Jude, you can't even talk to the guy cause the guy got tossed in the cell. So, hmm. Um, but I, you know, it's funny because I, when I, when I write a lot of times I'll use three by five cards and I was telling Matt this before. So I'll have like where I need to go and I'll be like, okay, I need to develop this skill. I need to show that Jude can do this before we get to like the final confrontation. You know what I mean? Cause this is a 13 issue arc. So like, uh, episode nine or 10, like Jude has to show this. Right, He has to be able to do this. So it's like, okay, I have to develop that somewhere. He needs to be able to, to show that he already can do this. So it's like, okay, well, in this situation, he can do this because this, you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm setting up the story. So a lot of times it's based off of that, but the interactions are just something that I would think is funny or exciting or comical. I don't know.
2: That's great. It sounds also like you're well-versed in the language of genre, Western and other, you know, so you can have fun mixing and matching certain tropes there within this unique world. Um, That's gotta be fun to do with your artist. And I guess that do you, do you feel like you have that with your artist where he's also very familiar with how tropes work? And so when you give him, you know, something to, like something like the, those character interactions he can he can pick up on it easily
1: yeah I'm pretty descriptive in my script okay um so when Marco goes from there he has a good basis but yeah he will add to it like the spilling the beer on the same guy what twi- you know he did it twice like I put in there that he's spilling his beer but he's like what if he spilled it on him once and then he spills it on the same guy again <laughs> and I was like that's even funnier let's go with yeah. it you know what I mean <laughs> So he is pretty familiar with the same kind, and he has the same kind of humor that I do. Um, and I'll tell you about that when we get to like some of the rewards, it's really funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we work really well together. He can—he seems to be able to read my scripts and really see what's in my head and, and put it on the page so that people can see the story visually, which I love, you know what I mean? Um, if I could write novels, I would, <laughs> but I'm not there I want people to see the pictures of what's happening. You know, it's like, they got to be able to see Dwayne and his grubby clothes standing on the table, spilling his beer because that's just way cooler to me than describing it.
0: Yeah. That's awesome though. That's great. Um, Yeah. So, you know, we talked a lot about the, the story, um, the, the building of the story, a little bit of where we are in, in this, the second you, you, you refer to them as episodes, right?
1: Yeah, I kind of like I, I was calling them episodes mm-hmm. last time we were together. Um, I kind of go in between now because obviously the more I'm in the comic world, we're referring to issues. That's what people are, ref- you know, used to. Coming from production, it was episodes because we were doing like episodal, you know, web series. So kind of I interchanged them. So I apologize. But no, 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 yeah.
0: that's okay. I like that. That's yeah. cool. Um, so do you? Is the is it the a- the, has the art team stayed the same from, from one to two as the, mm-hmm. or, okay. So have you seen um, any involvement um, uh, of the, the creative process since you guys have, you know, you have one issue um, that you produce that's out in the world. Has anything sort of changed in your, in your process from, from one to two?
1: Um, yes and no. Like Marco still um, does all the, the pencils and ink. I still letter and then he'll go back and color um, pages. And it, it, if you go look at our Kickstarter, we have um, a lot of black and white pages, but I'm, I'm showing people a lot of color mm-hmm. because I want people to want that color. Marco is a fabulous colorist and uh, this Kickstarter, uh, I want to hit that first color goal. Last last campaign, we were very close. I think we were like $800 out from um, hitting that color goal. So the first issue is in black and white, but we want to skip that phase this time and go right to the color. It's, it's so much better. Um, but we got better at like formatting, which I guess is kind of boring where it's like, he would send me a file and my mine are set up differently. So it's like, okay, now we're on the same page with that. And we're, that's based off of like what my printer's going to do. You know what I mean? So we're not, he's not sending me one thing. I reformat it to fit mine and then reformat it again to send it to the printer. It's like, okay, now we're on the same page. It kind of cuts that out of the, the time. You know what I mean? Um, I recently got partnered with Charter Comics, who's a publisher based out of Fort Worth. So that's really exciting. They open up a whole nother, um, a bunch of opportunities. One of them is the printing. So they'll be, they'll be printing, um, issue number two and then reprinting issue number one. Um, they're also going to be printing the choose your own adventure book, um, which is really cool. And then that opened up a few things like one, I get to print on metal covers, which is really cool. I haven't done a metal cover before, so I'm really excited. Mm -hmm. And number two, they got rid of the minimums. So I had a really good experience with Comics Wellspring. I'm not complaining at all. The only thing that they have differently than Charter is that I have to order a minimum of 25 items, right? So it's 25, 50, 75, 100 is how I would have to increase. Mm -hmm. And I was concerned about this choose your own adventure book because it's a 60 page manga style book with illustration and a color cover but they cost double what the comic book does. So I had a limit on them on the Kickstarter, which I really didn't want to do because it's such a cool item. I really want people to be able to like walk around in the world and experience what it's like to be in this wasteland. You get to run bounties. You get to like um, one of them, you get to actually be undead and walk around in that skin for a while. Um, There's all sorts of grisly deaths. If you make it to the end, I'm going to high five you because, oh, my God, it's impossible. Um, but it's such a cool thing like, to have that I wanted people to really have that. And I felt bad that I had to limit it. But now that I'm with Charter, it's like if I need to order 30, mm-hmm. I can do that. And I don't have to um, eat the cost. OK. You know what I mean? Instead of ordering 50 and then trying to sell the other 20 on my own, it's like if people order 30, I only technically have to order 30. Am I going to order some extra? Absolutely. Cause I go to cons and I I'm out and about and I'm going to have stuff on the shelves in stores, but it's just, you know, I don't have to order 100 of them. Nice. So I'm excited. People can get them.
2: Nice. Is it so, manga style in the sense of the, the dimensions of the book yes. or is it actually right to left?
1: No, no. It's just the, the, um, manga size.
2: Manga size. Okay, cool. Yes. Yeah. That'll be really it still cool. reads
1: like a traditional choose your own adventure book.
2: Yeah. And it's how, how many pages? 60. Whoa, that's awesome! That's yeah, great.
1: yeah, it's it's wild. Uh, Marco just um, finished coloring the the cover. I haven't released it yet, but it's super funny. Um, I don't know if you know about what happens to the horse in the first book, Noah. No. Okay. Well, never mind. I won't say this then.
2: <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm like, I I don't. Uh, I'll I'll read it, but now I know something happens to the horse. So okay. I, I'm just gonna say. Oh, okay. It's messed
1: up. Um, but oh, when, no. when you get the choose your own adventure and it's a spread cover. So there's a front and the back. So there's this main character who's on a horse, the horse is rearing and like there's explosions and zombies and things on fire. And like, if you look closely, there's all sorts of detail and things that happen in this choose your own adventure on the cover. But when you fold the book, to close it the horse's head gets cut off oh no oh, 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 oh. and I was like Marco did you do this on purpose he was like no comment I was like <laughs> oh, my God. I was like is it too soon is it too soon Matt oh
2: this is sad oh man Okay. Uh, that doesn't happen the in horse. the book though
1: she doesn't lose her head okay. um but you have to you have to read it to find out what happens
2: to oh, poor prince oh no the poor horse <laughs> okay, I'll still read it. You're speaking my language with the spaghetti westerns.
1: And stuff.
2: <laughs> I feel obligated to read it.
1: Oh, you should. So. It's a good ride. Yeah. A good ride. I like it. And then it just gets, I mean, I, I like that we're furthering the story. It's like, mm-hmm. um, I always get excited that people can learn a little more about what's going to happen and like the things that Jude can do. And of course, more of the story, because you may or may not get a monologue from dwayne fink finding out what he thinks is out there um so i mean i just like it because every episode every episode that we get to it's like you get to learn a little more you get to find out you know what Judas looking for and really what the craziest thing is that's out there because there's a whole lot of conspiracy theories about what broke death and fa- <laughs> in fact we just did a, a short film okay so uh, with my comic, we do all sorts of other things, right? So we have the comic, um, but the world is so big that I like to explore some of the other aspects of the world through other media. So we have a short film that we produce every, every um, like Kickstarter campaign that we do. There's a short film that you can watch that kind of like gives you more of the background. So like um, uh, campaign number one, we did a commercial for the undead retirement community so it was like a legit commercial for this retirement community that you would see except like it was interspliced with like riots and violence and things on fire right so it was me telling you like this is the way the world wants you to think and this is the way the world really is right so we got to explore that so in this one we did um, a bunch of the fans came out which was cool and they could like, they sent me video um, so they could interact with it, right? And what it was is people sharing with me what they thought broke the death process in this world. And I put them all together and we ran it like it was a news report. So it was like my husband was the news anchor at the desk and then I had like the little green screen with me as the correspondent and I would go around and put my microphone on people's faces and they would say just the craziest things. So um, that was really funny. Um, I have a short version, a long version, and I'm working on the blooper reel because that's too funny. Uh, so yeah. So we do extra stuff, you know what I mean? Which is a lot of fun. So those conspiracy theories, it's like, you got to wonder how many of these would people really be thinking if this happened?
2: Yeah, that's amazing. So um, is there are there like aspirations to do like more with that and like the future are you thinking like uh like other media you know you've done short films what other media are you looking at um in the future to to expand the world
1: well we're always going to do the short film um in one way shape or form i may change them i may change the genre i may change how many people can participate because this one was like anybody could participate i might make it like five people you know what i mean just depending on what the vision is for that video um the riddles is where we're gonna take like a hard left and go into crazy land, um, yeah. because the riddles send you to some place in the real world. So it might take you to a website um, where if you solve a riddle, it'll give you the password into the website, so you can like interact with the world that way. I'm planning on having um, a fictional podcast, so like an old radio show where it's two guys who are collectors, you know, and they're just talking through their day, but they're going around picking up undead and throw them in the back of the truck. Um, I'm planning on doing a riddle where, uh, there's a phone number to call and you get to hear a message or interact. Um, this riddle for number two is complete. I don't want to put it out there yet because people like I beta test everything. Right. And people were solving this one, like super, super quick. And I was like, okay, so we can't put this up on websites to preview it because people are going to start solving it but you actually get to interact with one of my characters if you answer that one correctly. So it's just, cool. there's a lot going on. So there's a lot of media, there's gonna be YouTube videos, there's gonna be TikToks, there's there's gonna be things to find. Um, there's gonna be so much. So I have aspirations for all of this. It just depends on how much time and, um, you know, funds in the bank. <laughs> Cause I wanna do all these things, but it's like, oh, this takes time and money, so. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah well that's amazing so i had another question before that sorry matt not to take up too much of your uh, the questions but um what uh so you started out your career writing action scenes this book has a lot of action in it yes but you also are talking about writing monologues have you kind of come around on enjoying writing dialogue as much as writing action or is your first and true love still writing action
1: Ah. Uh say it's 50 50 it just depends on where we are in the story sometimes a good fight is what we need you know what i mean we need to have that saloon brawl and like glasses breaking and card tables flying and other times you got to have those quiet moments where jude is introspective and like talking about why he's doing what he's doing you know it's like and and we can have a combination of the two where it's like something very dramatic is happening but it's quiet Mm -hmm. you know um so I just love crafting the story. I love good fights, and I'll tell you what I um. I guess it depends on the character because Jude's just kind of like a brawler. He's he'll just you know he'll punch and kick and shoot his way out of things. But I have other characters that are very technical martial artists and fighters, so their fights are um, they're insane. Uh, and I hope Marco can draw them all (laughs) because it's one of those like how do I describe this to someone who doesn't know what a backhand speed punch is you know it's like wrist terry hack and then you stab through the wrist and then stab up to the head and it's just like I don't I don't know (laughs) we'll see we'll get there we get there
2: sorry Matt one more question off of that it might be the same question (laughs) we'll find out but (laughs) um what yeah that's um so I was just having a conversation with someone about anime and about how important it is in anime to uh, for anime creators that that each character has their own distinct fighting style is that something that's very important to you yes crafting a character is that each each one has their own style and then that's conveyed to the artist
1: absolutely and I and when I write um I usually give my artist a a character bio so they'll understand their background you know if if they have any martial skills um I'll describe how they are you know if they've had any previous studying in that or if they're just like a street fighter you know what I mean um and I like I said I'm pretty descriptive when it comes to fights describing who's doing what and how it proceeds so I um I have a couple people that I train with that we could actually film ourselves doing the choreography and give that to Marco um some of them are quite elaborate so I don't know if I have enough people but that's always an option too or if it's like jude versus two other guys it's like we could film that and send it to him so he could see exactly what's in my head so
2: that's that's awesome so that could be
1: a whole nother career (laughs) choreographing fight scenes and videoing them and sending them to the comic book artist for reference
2: yeah
0: so i guess my question is with this um you know the, the other media the 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 riddles the short films um you know it it seems like you have these, these aspirations, but I think one thing that's pretty important here in the Kickstarter is, is that this is giving you promotional material that's different than say, like the traditional, like mm-hmm. here's a panel from, here's a panel from my book, here's the cover to my book. And, and you know, so that, that's gotta be, you know, exciting and, and a different thing that you're able to offer.
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. The, uh, people were waiting for that short film. You know what I mean. And when it comes out, people are commenting, and that drives views. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we can do that, it, it's it's threefold. It's one, it's enriching the story. It's in two, it's enriching the fan base because they get to participate and have fun. And they all had a blast. I mean, they all said crazy stuff. And when you put it together, they just had a blast. And then we can find new people. Like you said, we, it helps us promote. It helps show people what we're doing um, and hopefully bring them into the fold. We would love to get, you know, more people and more eyes on path of the pill Rider. It has such potential to grow. Um, and really the story is going to take off, you know? Um, so yeah, yes, I agree.
0: So it was one of the things that people have, have you done it, Um, yet where people can try to guess what has caused uh, death to be defeated
1: i don't think we're far enough into the story where people can figure it out we did the conspiracy theory um film but again it was people saying like it's sugar it's mcdonald's it's the government it's vaccines um someone said it was cats someone Mm -hmm. said um anthony fauci you know what i mean like it just goes off the rails like um there's one that was really funny where the guy was like acting creepy and he's like and there's the pale rider and you know on his back was death and then followed by hell and he's like but it's all a bunch of crap don't believe everything you hear and he like turns around to walk away and he's got a knife sticking out of his back so it's like okay (laughs) awesome people in denial people you know it's just It it was a good time to do it because when we get further into the story, people might actually have theories about what's going on. And I don't want anybody to actually guess what's going right, you know, what it is and put it in the video because that's cheating.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Because I was just thinking about, no, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was, was it Westworld where the the fans were starting to get the theories that that, uh, that, uh, the writers had. So they were like scrambling, uh, like, yeah right almost like right up to like production of like episodes and stuff like that yeah Yeah. they're
1: like changing production it's going live on friday and then everything blew up because you know there wasn't enough time and the machines were acting up and yeah Yeah. yep so it's like i don't want people to be able to look at my world and be like it's robots it's like no it isn't
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's great so So wouldn't that
1: be funny like this is just another episode of westworld people (laughs) (laughs) It's Probably better dream. than the
2: last two seasons combined. So good job. Oh. That's yeah, a dip yeah. against Westworld. I don't like it.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Know. The last, the lat I didn't even think I watched last season, the season before that, where she was in the real world. I had a hard time watching that one. I was just like, what is going on? You know, none of this makes any sense. Who is Jesse, you know, from Breaking Bad? What is he doing? <laughs> like, why do I care? Yeah.
2: Every <laughs> time he came on screen, I was just like, shut up, Todd. I know. Um, <laughs>
0: So we we, can't, I
1: don't know. I can't see that actor and not think Breaking Bad. I just can't, Yeah.
0: you know. So have we covered everything that you're, you're doing in, in Kickstarter two? Um, and is there anything you, you, you've learned from, you know, running a Kickstarter and, and, you know, coming back at, with the, with the second episode slash issue?
1: Um, yeah, I just, uh, I really enjoyed doing all the interviews. I really enjoyed from last time to this time mm-hmm. hearing feedback, um, and I changed like the, the stretch goals. I changed the rewards based on what I was hearing from the fans. You know, I have, I have you know, the, a great range of things. So I, like the last time I had a lot of low tier and like maybe one or two high tier, I have a lot more variety high tier um, items to choose from. Mm-hmm. So if people wanna come in and, you know, and really support us, you have a variety of things that you can choose from to do that. And of course, uh, like I'm partnering with some other comic book creators. We have like a zombie PDF starter pack. So it's like you can get my comic and two other comics in a bundle that are all, you know, zombie indie comics, which is cool. Um, Of course, we always have the variants. (laughs) We have a Christmas cover, (laughs) but it's not really like a Christmas cover the way you would think it is. It's like, you know, the warped Path of the Pale Rider Christmas cover. So it's done by Everett Watkins and it's a, uh, if you head over to the Kickstarter, it's the red one. Um, And it's like a Charlie Brown Christmas tree that's been decorated with zombie parts. (laughs) And it just says, welcome to Santa Claus, because of course, that's (laughs) where he's going. Uh, And it just cracks me up because like the welcome message was a very uninviting image. It's just such a, like a um, oxymoron. It's just, you know, the juxtaposition of the two is just so odd, but it worked you know what i mean it's just it's really fun so if you have a, a horror fan in your life who's who's looking for you know something new um this would make a great christmas present or probably just after christmas because we're going to fulfill before the end of the year um so we have that to do the choose your own adventure is really hot that's a great thing and that came from people asking me in, in totally unrelated people in a bunch of interviews that were like hey are you ever going to do a choose your own adventure well, I didn't think about that, but then you know you go into the next interview and they're like, "Hey, this sounds like it would be great for a choose your own adventure," and I'm like, "Ooh, that's weird." <laughs> people keep bringing that up, so I did it. You know, um, we have that immortality level, which we was really popular last time, but I also opened up that metal cover, and people are actually choosing the metal cover over the immortality level, which is amazing. Um, and then, of course, we have our Jude. Uh, Saint Clair Funko Pops, which I don't, I don't think people can. But I wanted to show you guys.
2: Oh shit, that's awesome, dude! That is badass.
1: So I opened these up for a, a limited run. Uh, so on the last Kickstarter campaign, this was there was only one, um, and it was like the highest tier I had, and I wasn't expecting anybody to get it. And like my second backer nabbed it. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, okay, I'm paying attention now. You know. Um, and then plastered. when when they came in, it was just so cool, and everyone was just like, "I want one. How do I get one?" And I was like, "Well, I'll open it up on the next campaign." So on this campaign, we have um fifty of these available for the Jude St. Clair. And but I opened up that Singularity level again with a, a Funko Pop for uh, Big James the Undead Bear. So when one person she grabbed it, it's gone.
2: Of oh, course. Wow. So. I <laughs> just then- wanted to own the undead bear
1: next it'll be great because then the next campaign i'll open up the 50 funko pops for the bear and i'll have a new one you know what i mean so i made them different color boxes so people can differentiate between you know how rare they are so if you have a white box it's the singularity level there's only one in existence in the white box this brown box that i have myself and marco have these so there's only two Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and everybody else will have an orange box you know, and there'll be max of 50 and that's it. So that's how people can kind of tell those true collectors that are like, I have one of, or, you know what I mean? It just depends on how many people order the Funkos because I'm not producing any more of those than what are ordered. So if only five get ordered, guess what? You get one of five and it's a lot more exclusive than at one of 50, Yeah. you know?
0: Looks like, um, sorry, Matt, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to ask, uh, just a general sort of overall, uh, creative process. You know, you mentioned earlier that the, you know, the plan is 13, um, you know, you got one, one's out there in the world, two's currently crowdfunding. Are you, are you using your note cards for three, four stuff like that? Um, you know, to just maybe I got to get a little, I got to get away from Kickstarter for a little while. Let me put my creative hat on. Let me sit down and you know, work on some some future issues or is it all like I got to get too crowdfunded. Once that's done, I can move on to the, the creative process.
1: I've written the whole first arc. It's done.
0: Okay. Wow.
1: And I'm writing the second arc. Okay. I'm about nine issues into the second arc. Um, first arc is fun. It's wild. You get to see a lot of the world. But once Jude figures out the answer, it really like... T- skyrockets right so when we get into arc number two it's like I kind of wrap things up nicely where you know the trope where they're walking off into the sunset kind of deal and then like the beginning of arc number two I just blow everything up and we go again um I explode a lot of things (laughs) in arc number two (laughs) yes literally explosions um but yeah so it just it's it's completely different when we get to the second arc and it's 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 actually wilder and crazier, and goes faster, and there's bigger moments, and it's it's taken off. So where I'm at right now, it's like I'm I'm pushing real hard for the Kickstarter. We're trying to get you know the comics out as it basically as quick as we can. We're not rushing, but mm-hmm. there's no reason to stop because we already have the whole first art completed. So Marco can just continue. You know right. what I mean? We're gonna fulfill the we fulfilled the first one. We kind of looked at what we were gonna do for the second one. We made a plan start executing the plan, we jumped right into the next Kickstarter, you know? So we can keep doing that. Um, I'd like to keep, you know, um, pushing towards um, publishing, you know, bigger publishers possibly later on, you know, when we grow, because that would definitely help um, with some of the burden of advertising, because right now we're so new, it's like, we wanna get all the eyes on the project. If people don't know we exist, they can't back us, Mm -hmm, right? mm Um, but once, you know, a publisher, a publisher can pick us up, they will help with that because they already have a fan base and they could be like, Hey guys, all you guys reading this, you really like path of the Pale writer too, you know, and it'd be real easy for them to find us. So, um, so that's what I'm hoping, uh, right now, charter comics is absolutely wonderful. I'm very happy with them and probably be with them for a while. Um, they're also giving me more opportunities to write. So, um, they have other, projects other artists that are freelance that are bringing projects and need a writer so i'm gonna be writing three episodes of a series called psycho sal which is about a serial killer functioning in louisiana um in new orleans excuse me and so the first three episodes are from like the detectives point of view who find a body and realize there's a serial killer functioning in new orleans so the first three issues follows them and what they can figure out Four, five, and six follows the victim, and then seven, eight, and nine follow the serial killer. Wow! So you get all three perspectives of what's what happened in that incident. So that's really fun. Um, I'm looking into writing. Um, <laughs> there's a pro- there's a series that they started called The Nut Brigade, where it's about a, um, a band of squirrels that are hitmen. and it's like it's really drawn very looney tunes and comical but it's like they're responsible for the assassination of JFK you know what I mean so it's like serious (laughs) stuff that happens but these squirrels are the ones that are doing it and they all have their like little personalities of different kind of um, assassins and it's going to be a lot of fun like gratuitous violence with like looney tunes so I have I have um, I was talking with the um, publisher today about you know getting my hands in there Um, I don't know. There's just there's other opportunities out there where I can start uh, building my resume and people can see what I'm capable of. And it's, you know, because I have this Western apocalypse, but I also have like a spy drama that I wrote um, for the web series that was working called The Agency. So it's really different than this one. Um, I wrote 12 issues of that. You know what I mean? And it never went to production. So it's very easy to turn that into a serialized, you know, anything. and I have like a supernatural one. I have a couple one shots that are like martial arts and chess and the mob. It's interesting. Yeah. So I like taking all these like weird genres and putting them, mashing them together and getting something new. That's fun to me.
2: Man. Yeah, we need more of that stuff
0: out there. It's awesome. And weird. And, yeah. Know. All those, all those ideas sound super awesome. And mm-hmm. I like, thank you, you know. better than
1: watching another (laughs) it's like how many times do we need to have a bad resident evil can we move on (laughs) stop making stop regurgitating i was like okay we're getting another um interview with a vampire we're getting another hellraiser it's like we've already done these things and yeah we might get a new twist on these things i'm not saying they're bad but there's so many new ideas that if given a chance could be like umbrella academy you know what i mean that season number one was so amazing. And that's based off a comic book. They just had to give them a shot. Lock and key, you know, paper girls. These are all, you know, comics that they're given a shot. And it's like some of them make it and some of them don't. But um, at least it's an original idea instead of the same stuff over and over and over.
0: Cool. So I think it's on a lot of a lot of stuff here. Um so <laughs> Let's uh let's let's tie this all up um at the end. Uh, but I want to check in with Noah if he has any final thoughts, any final questions or, for for Lori. Yeah, this is completely unrelated to your
2: comic. I just want to <laughs> know what uh in your TV career, what's the project you're most proud of?
1: Uh we did a short film called Catfishing where it's about 7 minutes and it's like 90% uh, I would say 95% fights. Um filming fights is extremely taxing. It took a long time for that seven minutes because it was very physical. It was at night. Uh, we were on location. Um, you know, I felt like I got hit by a truck some nights after filming just because of the physicality behind it. But when I wrote that, it's like, I really didn't have a vision. And then after we were through that, I was like, I know what I need to do. You know, um, the fact that it it has a twist to it where it's like, In the beginning, I play this victim and the bad guy is the one that's coming after me and jumps me. But it really turns out that I'm I'm the the black widow, me and I have a partner and we're actually trying to get him. You know what I mean? So it turns out that I catfished him thinking that I'm a victim, but I set him up. And then we we actually capture him. Actually, I run him over with a car is what (laughs) happens. Uh, And then we shove him in the trunk. Um. But my partner likes him and ends up bringing him onto the team. So it's like, there's all these twists where it's like, okay, she's going to get jumped. Wait, she can fight. And then all of a sudden I have an earpiece and I'm talking to somebody. And then me and this guy have this like really long, we have a knife fight. We like, um, we have a, uh, he pulls a gun on me and a stairwell. I do a wall run in the stairwell. I almost go down the stairs. Yeah. Um, it's wild. But then my partner shows up and then they have a fight and then I run him over with the car and then he's like, we're going to bring him on the team. And I was like, no, let's change him into a dog. So then the next scene I'm walking a dog and they're (laughs) like, what the, (laughs) but it ends up like he's in a suit and he has an earpiece now. And now I have a new target. You know what I mean? So, um, it's just, it was something that was just like a, a very quick idea turned into something else. So that was something I, it was like my first one, but I'm so proud of it because the life that it breathes and the, um, the path that it put me on my own path, my own path of the pill writer.
2: yeah That's awesome. man it all together Is that on YouTube or where's it? Where is. I watch that. Okay.
1: Uh, it's on my YouTube channel. I don't have a lot on there. I have like that. I have a couple things for path of the pill rider. And like, um, one where I talk about hair picks and I, I murder some honeydew
0: <laughs> speaking of murdering so cool. things.
1: One of my stretch goals is if I get to $12,000, I'll put on a red dress and I'll (laughs) murder some pumpkins on Halloween. Hell
2: yeah. I
1: have three machetes and a sledgehammer and I will let you guys vote on which one you want me to use to dismember a few pumpkins. And if you want me to write your name on it, I'll do that too.
0: (laughs) Oh, nice. Okay. (laughs) All right. Fun times. Yeah so let's let's do this um where are the best places to go online uh to to follow you or or just the the series in general um
1: the best place is actually our facebook group we have about 400 people in there right now um it's just facebook group path of the pale rider i do have a facebook page path of the pale rider but i just use that for advertising so you can follow that but you won't get much interaction like Mm -hmm. for example in the facebook group we we played a game um, I asked a riddle and the person, the first person to answer the riddle, got a sneak peek of what the color cover looks like for the choose your own adventure. Um, a lot of times we'll, we'll play games or I'll do sneak peeks or I'll give updates. Like that's the page that gets all the updates first. Nice. So if you want to be part of that, come along for the shenanigans. You actually get to interact with myself. Marco will make it a, um, occasional appearance in Facebook, but he's not really a big Facebook guy. So you won't see him there. It's mostly just me and my warped my my warped mind. Um, we have, we do have an Instagram. It's at Path of the Pale Writer, but it has an underscore in between all the words. So at Path underscore of underscore the you get the point, right? Um, Twitter we're at Path Pale Writer. Um, I'm trying to get better at Twitter. I wasn't really good at it before my last campaign, and like I had a publicist who kind of manage that for me, but um, I'm, I took that over, so I'm doing that myself. So um, you might, you, you could see me on there, but again, I'm working on getting better at that one. Uh, we do have a TikTok. it's at path of the Pale Rider with the underscores. Um, so you'll see pages, you'll see this, the short films, you'll see, I'll, I'll do crazy stuff. Like I felt like you can't survive the apocalypse with kids. Right. <laughs> so then I did a couple of videos with me and my two girls and just, you know, it's just like, if you're in the apocalypse and one of them sneezes out loud, it's like, now we're dead, you know? Or they're picky eaters where I'm like, okay, you get creamed corn or you get chicken noodle soup. Which one do you want? And they're like, I don't want either of those. You know, it's like, you gotta eat something. So I I just, you know, I do fun stuff in there. And um, I'm doing some other sneak peeks. I have something coming. I just posted a creepy one in there today with a symbol that spins around. It has like saw or like the ring, that kind of music in the background. Mm -hmm. So, So I'm working on a something, it's coming. Um, we do have a website. It's just www.pathofthepalewriter.com. I have a blog there that nobody reads. It's great. <laughs> I have a shop there. I update it uh, whenever we do like an- another launch. Um, if we have extra copies, which I always overprint, I'll put them up there so people can purchase through the website. And I'll ship them to you. Uh, but when when they sell out, I'll just update it that stuff is sold out. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That's where you can find me. I'm just about everywhere.
0: Cool. Well, we're going to link all of that stuff in the show notes, but most importantly, a, a link to the to the Kickstarter that's going on right right now. So
1: we need um, you. We need you people to to do all the cool stuff, you know, to get the the books out there, to get the story out there, yeah. and to keep the hijinks going because we love doing short films and riddles and websites that have secret meanings and all of that.
0: Very cool. Um, so we're recording here in the, the beginning of October. Uh, what's the end date of the, the Kickstarter?
1: October 30th, I think at like 9, 29 p.m., something like that, Eastern. Okay. Um, it's like, yeah, it's the day before Halloween we end. So I'm sure. going to be um, at a con October 22nd and 23rd. So if you're in the Dallas area, I'm going to be at a con in Fort Worth. Um, it's called Cowtown. So if you're out and about, you can come see me there, pick up a physical copy and then support the Kickstarter while you're there.
0: Nice, very cool. So um, like I said, links to everything in the, in the show notes, most importantly, link to, to Kickstarter. Um, let's pencil in that we get together, talk again soon, uh, talk about uh, issue slash episode uh, three when, when we're ready to talk about that.
1: Ooh, that one's a doozy, <laughs> three and four. Three and four are the flashback. Oh wow! Yeah. So They're... you get to experience. I think three, four, and five actually are the flashback, where you get to experience the fall of society, um, how Jude experiences his first undead, and like very quickly how things decompose. Exciting! So it's a good. It's a good time. <laughs> and I giggle because it's a horrible time. It's a horrible time for everybody involved. <laughs>
0: Very cool. So um, there's going to be a second Kickstarter link in the show notes. There's going to be a Kickstarter link for the Concrete Arcanum um, anthology. Um, I have a story in that. So look for the, the second Kickstarter link. If you give us a rating review on the podcasting service you use, we really appreciate it. If you want to follow the podcast where you're on Twitter, and that is at ConstructorCompod.com. Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod and Facebook is Constructing Comics. Just want to thank everybody for listening. Please be safe, be nice to each other and go out there and make some comics. Thank you.